And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Son of Slovenia, cool as hell. He scores the ball and he rebounds well. Don't fight the future. Here comes Luca. Even losses feel like wins. When you're with your good friend Tim, it's 77 minutes in heaven. Hello, this is 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The only Mavericks podcast that cares about how fans are doing. That's not even remotely true. I think most podcasts care about the fans, but we care about them more. I'm Tim Cato. I write and talk about the Mavericks once many years ago. I consider myself a Mavericks fan. Not really anymore. It's my job. I cover this team. Austin Gurria is here. You know him. Still a Mavericks fan, although I think it's fair to say that you've gone to a much more of a analytical sports view of this. They're, they're also sending me to a dark place, so maybe, maybe not as much. <laughs> the funniest thing is when I watch games with you and we do this podcast together, we talk about the Mavericks kind of at the same wavelength of like stories I'm writing, things like that. And then you react emotionally to when somebody misses a shot late in late in the quarter like you don't you don't do it through maybe three quarters but like late in a game it comes out a little bit and i'm like oh right you're not a like jaded journalist like you're actually somebody who does find emotional joy here and there from this team i would say it's emotional i'm not sure it would be called joy at this point i think at one point in time maybe it was joy uh it's been less of that this season <laughs> and then we've got uh we've got tomas uh reddit mavericks who, if you're on Twitter, you know him, objectively. Like, like if you don't know Reddit Mavericks, what are you doing? Stop listening to this podcast. You're not worthy. But we've got, we've got him. We've got him right here. In this episode, we're going to talk about fandom and take a pulse of where fans are at. Uh, with this Mavericks season, the Mavericks are back to 500. We're recording Thursday night. You're probably going to listen to this Friday. Things have not been going amazing. And so I'm just going to kick it right to you, Reddit Mavericks, Mr. Mr. Maverick, Mr. Reddit, if I'll call you that. Sure, whatever you want to call me. <laughs> Let's get a vibe check. Where are the vibes right now? Uh, horrendous. They are just like in the dirt, <laughs> six feet under, seven feet under, like whatever it is. So um, you're saying that the player that was known for immaculate vibes left the team and the vibes have got worse? I mean, hey, like I could have called this back in June. <laughs> like this is what was gonna happen <laughs> if you left. Well, I mean, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, the vibes are just like I go like I, it's it's weird because like this year, like I've I've kind of taken a step back from Twitter, like just a little bit, like where I'm not like it's like yeah, I'll like I retweet like you and I retweet like McMahon, or to whoever when the news come out, but I won't really like put my i guess my two cents in a lot nowadays you know where i'm just like because it feels like whatever i say 
you know, it's going to be a landmine for someone, <laughs> you know, um, just like whether, uh, like today, like today, like, uh, obviously, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, this will be Friday probably, but you know, uh, you know, the news about Maxi happened, <laughs> you know, um, uh, Maxi out for what, six, eight weeks it looks like, or however long it may be. Um, it's a long fucking time. Okay. Oh, I cuss. I'm totally forget if I you can. Okay. Thank God. Um, hey, this, yeah, is a, this is a fan yeah. pulse podcast, yeah. okay. you know, like yeah. the, the, the fans have been cussing. Trust <laughs> yeah, me, I've seen is, it. Yeah, it's a you know, it's a it's a long fucking time to be out. So uh, you know, everybody's like, Well, like what do we do now? You know? <laughs> and so I, I I just, you know, off the cuff was like, eh, what if I just tweet, hey, like at Mavsraft, another Twitter account, you know, like, hey, like, who should we be looking at? Who should we be looking at? And I had like three or four DMs, like varying from like fuck you, like why are you saying this to we should go for one by Yama. And I'm like, that'd be great. But like, you know, hold on a second, man. Like our, our, our pig, depending on where it lands, will convey either to us or will convey to the mix. So like, let's, let's chill out on that real quick. Um, yeah. The vibes are just terrible. Horrendous. Uh, I saw someone tweet yesterday. Vibes are immaculate. I was like, I guess that makes sense. Just, <laughs> just immaculate. Yeah. Just immaculate. Like, yeah, you're just there. So Yeah. Yeah. It's it's such a I think what's most interesting is the expectations fans took into the season. Austin, I think that when we were previewing the season, we both tried to take a measured approach to what the expectations should be. Is that fair? Yeah, I think I think there was a reasonable expectation that this is a somewhere around a 50 win team. They still even though without they don't have Brunson, they still have a decent amount of talent. <clears throat> around Luka Doncic, and then Luka is going to come into season in shape. And that's pretty much enough to just win 50 games in the NBA. But I don't think anyone thought this was an automatic return to being a conference finalist. I think it's not just the losing that has the vibes that are so bad. It's the way that they're losing. They're they're choosing to lose in ways that are honestly like, it feels like a scriptwriter is orchestrating the season. They have two literally generational losses they have two losses in which there's like a one in 10,000 chance of it happening, the OKC loss and even and the Bucks loss. And it's making it feel even worse than I think it felt last season. And look, like, I think that there was a lot of measured expectations that I tried to, you know, predict or to warn against. This was a team that had to have a lot of things to go right for them to maintain the level they were at last season because Jalen Brunson left. And I think that the, I think there was a chance. I think there was a chance with the right off season with all the moves that they needed to make working out that they possibly could have at least maintained that level. Now that level was not title contention, but it, it, you know, I, I think it's really hard and it, understandably hard for a team to go to the conference finals and come back the next season and be worse. I get that. And especially when it's not like, part of a clear path forward. And I, and I guess that's what I'm wondering, Tomas, is like, do you think the expectations were actually measured from the fan base, from fans coming into the season where losing Brunson, because that's also part of it, is that the Jalen Brunson departure, it wasn't like a player that retired and there was no other way around it. There was a lot of consternation about the way Brunson left, not even getting into the details of that there's we'll we'll get there in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um <laughs> I w- there's there's going to be a time to discuss that a little bit more coming up very soon. But 
the idea that it was not a move or it was a self-inflicted wound to some degree. And I think the combination of those feelings bleeding over to this season, but also just the idea that this team just went to the conference finals. Of course, there should be expectations that they should continue playing well. I don't know how much the fan base was ever prepared for another slow start, another 500 record, you know, midway through December that has played out. Yeah. I mean, personally, like my expectations were pretty tempered. Like I did, you was thinking like 50 wins, like it was kind of our max. And that's like, if everything went right, like if Spencer Dinwiddie like fills in the Jalen Brunson role, like if, you know, Jane Hardy pans out, which is still super early in that anyway. But like, you know, obviously like Jalen Brunson leaving, like it leaves such a big hole, <laughs> like in the team. And it, like not just like stat wise, but even I th- almost think just like, you know, there was like all that, all those quotes a couple weeks ago about him kind of being like, you know, like the the actual leader in the clubhouse, which is like, oh crap, like if he leaves, you know, then everything kind of falls apart. You know, like Luca's Luca, like Gal Luca is supposed to be the, you know, the de facto leader no matter what, you know, because he's Luca. You know, but I don't, I think maybe like that was kind of delegated between both of them or something, you know, where it's like, if things were going good, like Luca was kind of that guy. And if things were going bad, Jalen was kind of the guy that kind of helped everyone out and kind of helped steal the ship. Um, you know, so him leaving compounds everything. And obviously, like, you know, the moves we made maybe not have been the right moves, you know? Like, obviously, there was some talk about, you know, like, I just remember, like, the day, like, whenever we signed JaVale McGee, I was like, oh, oh, okay, cool. Like, let's see how he holds up. He's, oh, he's how old? Okay, <laughs> like, you know, oh, yes, of course he has. And he's also, he's JaVale McGee. Yes, yes, JaVale McGee. You know, championship winner, and I've I've gotten into it with, uh, not, not gotten into it, but I've discussed this with, uh, with uh, go, the guy who runs the Golden State Warriors account, uh, the, the Reddit account, and he's like, we love JaVale over here. I'm like, that's great, dude. I'm happy you guys love JaVale. Like, do you want him back? Like, like I'll take a Kevon Looney, bro. Like, what's going on? Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, expectations, like the expectations for the fandom, I think. And I tried to tell, I tried like in, in private to tell people, hey, like, let's not, it's, it, you know, it, it's, it would be like, you know, like, just don't get your don't get your expectations too high because if they're too high, you're more likely gonna burn to the ground. <laughs> like, you know, it's like Icarus almost, you know, we're just you go to the sky and you get too close, like it, you know. Um so yeah, like yes or no answer, it does feel worse than this time last year, right? Yes. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it feels and I think it's because like we already gone through this one time and last year there was a lot of like, hey, like new coaches, new system, like, you know, um, you know, Luke obviously wasn't in the best shape beginning of the season, et cetera, et cetera. Like guys were clicking out that well. Like Reggie Bullock, like having his, you know, annual, you know, not being very good moment for the first couple months happens every year. It seems like, you know, I've looked at the stats and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Like it happens every year for in his entire career. Like we just bad at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, all, all that compounded with, you know, like all, like all that happening then. And then like this year, it's like, okay, like systems in place, like, we lost a guy, but we brought some, we brought a few new guys, but for most of mostly, you know, the, the, you know, the, the team wasn't the same, you know, a lot of it was like, we'd add a few more guys. That's okay. You know? Um, but the fact that we're just like, again, like Austin said, the way that we've lost these games, like, is like, 
insane like you know like like truly one in one thousand losses like we talk about like you talk about joker moments like this is for a lot of people on twitter like these like these losses have been like joker moments where it's like hey like people who i see who are mostly positive are like ah you know actually or people who i know who like who watch all the games now are just like yeah you know like i'll like even me like the other day like i didn't watch the 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 bulls game because i was like hey like i'm celebrating my birthday with my family like i don't want to be watching the Mavs on my birthday like during my birthday party let's like not do this you know so and even my cousin was like hey do you want to put the game on and i was like no don't put the game on <laughs> like i was i was like i'll check twitter i'll check twitter. I'll, I'll tell him i was like i'll check twitter like every once every couple minutes every let's like every 15 minutes and that'll be it for me today so yeah it was bad so <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Michelob ultra the official beer sponsor of the nba want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. So. You, you know, it's, it's like, you know when you're drunk when you start turning down drinks. Yeah. Like, it's almost, it's almost that situation. Exactly. Well, you, you know, know, you know it's... I, it's yeah. And, and I will say, I think the, or especially early in any sports season, the one thing that really drives excitement and enthusiasm is the idea that you don't know the players yet. And I really think that's part of it. Um, Austin, I, I think what you're saying is right, that two catastrophic losses contributes to this. But I don't think if the Mavericks had two more wins, I don't think the Mavericks at 16 and 12 would feel exciting. It'd feel better, I I think. I don't know if it would feel exciting because this team, functionally, especially now that JaVale McGee is not even the roster and that Christian Wood has a lot of drama, a lot of uh, uh, you know controversy or at least confusion surrounding his role, I don't know if that would feel better. I don't know if that would be the impulse to turn on a game when you're at a birthday party find a way to do it like there has been in past seasons, something that usually comes from the idea that there is freshness and newness to a basketball team. Yeah. I think they, they had a proof of concept last year for a way to win and a way to play. And especially in the second half of the season at the Porzingis trade, you know, they, they won at a incredible rate, but even when they lost games, it's, it wasn't because they, they, the losses didn't feel bad. They played really well and their process was good and I think everyone believed in what they were doing and how they were doing it and before that last year when it was bad when they were 16 and 18 they were kind of built in excuses and Aluka was out of shape it was the first like non-COVID season so there was also other things going on there was that string of just games where they had 10 day guys coming in and out I think also at that point we still had Chris Hepps Porzingis and people still either believed that KP could be a second star he was playing pretty well or you didn't believe in KP but you could at least have something to look forward to as far as that was something that was not Luca, And then also Brunson was coming along at that point as well. So they had two other guys that I think the fans believed in, even if Luca set out a, a, a game. And I think this year, it's kind of Luca or bust. And I think every everyone across the league kind of realizes that if, if Luca doesn't score 30, they don't win. That's, that's only happened one time this season. And they're... There's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's nothing There's nothing coming down the end of the pipeline to say, hey, at least we can look forward to this. At least we have this element of the team that elevates their ceiling. 
And I think that's why you see so many people clamoring for Jaden Hardy to play because that's the only piece of this team that allows them to have a higher ceiling or allows them to have somewhere to go or a different path that can get them out of this run. I think Christian Wood has kind of shown that he is who he is, and I think he's going to he's gonna obviously get to play more now that Max is out. I'm not sure anyone thinks he's the real solution to all of these problems. Everything that they feels like they're going to is a stopgap, which is crazy because they also have Josh Green who came along and who's actually progressed unlike anyone thought he would. And even with that, and even with Spencer Dinwiddie playing the way that he's playing, it still doesn't feel like they have a real out or real solution to their problems and everything is kind of in the future. I think this is a, a real gap year for the Mavericks in that there's not something that there's no Calvary coming. There's no big trade coming this season. Even the people who want to tank, tanking actually makes it worse for them. They need to lose their pick this year so that they have that pick to make a deal down the line. And so You're they're right, in a, yeah. a true purgatory where you can't tank because that's not beneficial to you. But also, you don't really have a lot of moves that you can make to get you where to even where you were last season. And they're too good to tank, to be, to yeah. be quite honest. Like, this, this is still that. a team that's going to win. I would be surprised if they win fewer than 45 games, despite all this. All that said, and to your point, remember how much um, almost refreshing mid-December felt last season when they did have all these 10-day uh, players cycling in and out. Shout out Brandon Knight. Yeah. Charlie um, Brown. Charlie Brown. A Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and like that, I, I just remember that standing out. And a lot of that is the is the freshness of that period, getting to see players put in different positions that fans are accustomed to, and even me as a journalist accustomed to, and also new players put in unique situations that were not expected. All of these things, I think Isaiah Thomas was on that team. Oh, yeah, he was. That, man. Oh my Thomas goodness. Was <laughs> yeah. And I, I I do I really do think that's part of it. I think if the Mavericks just carried over their dominance from last season, dominance, you know, whatever, you know, that stretch where they went 35 and 12, if they were 20 and eight right now and they had the same team and they were playing as well as they did at the end of last season, I actually do think there would be a little bit of fatigue just because it's a long season and fans have seen this before, but it wouldn't be, you know, frustration. It wouldn't be angst. It might be that fans don't want to tune in quite as militantly as they did in the past because it's like, yeah, you've seen this group of players play like this. It'd be more fun to tune in. But I I do think that any group of players does build a little bit of staleness, especially early in a season. The problem is that this same group of players is not playing well, and that's where all of this angst and all of this frustration has built up and, and, and is now like, you know, pouring out, bubbling over uh, to use that analogy. I, I think we're also seeing it with Luca, and I think that's where to go next. I I'll sit this out, but which one of you guys want to talk about that? That clip that I do think really resonated right or not with Mavs Twitter, where Luca looked very frustrated. Again, I'm, I'm not reading into his body language. Maybe he was having a bad day. I definitely don't know if he was actually looking at Mark Cuban or not, but he ignored a handshake, a high five, went straight to the bench. I will say that I think overall, you know, I at home games, I sit at the scorer's table. I'm very close to the action. And I do think that his frustration, not even, it's going beyond referees 
which has always been there. I I do get the sense that it's going at teammates a little bit more often this year in a way that I have not seen from Luka Doncic. Uh, I guess I'll go first. Uh, I also hate, you know, uh, reading body language. I have a degree in behavior, like, analytics, and I'm just like, hey, like, I don't do this. <laughs> like, It's the classic, like, the smarter and the more you know about something, the less sure you are to actually say something definitively, yeah, right? It's, it's, it's like, the like, dumbest yeah. people who are like, this is what's happening. Yeah. And then you actually I, learn about it. And it's like, hard yeah. to say. And I'm like, you know, this not enough data, blah, blah. And I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, hey, like, I really should be looking into this. Like, and uh, I do want to say a shout out to Slightly Biased <laughs> for, for, for getting that, uh, for getting that, uh, that clip out. Um, I know. Who is this again? Slightly Biased. Um, okay. He has a YouTube uh, YouTube channel where he like live streams games, except not the actual games, just like it's basically his reactions to the games, and they are fucking hilarious. <laughs> but uh, um, so uh, yeah, he's the one who followed, you know, who posted it, and uh, the first one I saw anyway. Um, uh, I mean, like, and the thing about the thing about like, you know, like looking at these things is that. There's like a bias from people where they want to find. There's a bias where it seems like people want to find these things, where they look out for like, hey, like, oh, like I remember like last. Remember last year? I think it was the uh, the Luca KP like high five counter. You know, like how many times they high five during a game, and it was like it was like, oh, they didn't high five at all this game. Okay, things are way off. Or like, oh, you know, I'm like, you know, like people like go out to look for these things a lot of times, you know. And um, but I do think there is there has to be something there. Like obviously, like. You know, you Tim would have a lot more, you know, like plug-in, stuff, you know, connections to know, like going inside the locker room. Like I will never know any of these things, you know, <laughs> you know. So it's like maybe there is, like maybe something comes out like later on, like months from now or something like that. Like after we made a trade or something, I don't know. Like maybe something comes out and it's like, hey, like maybe this is the first year where Luca becomes Lou GM, you know, <laughs> like. To take the LeBron led GM thing that happened that happens every year it seems like but I'm gonna be honest I hate that <laughs> you hate that <laughs> not not a, not a fan of Lou GM what about it's really bad it what about Luka? but I hear you I hear you yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. the idea that basically Luca needs to be you've seen this too Austin right with Luca's body language just again not. It, it's not it doesn't take a scientist to understand that Luca has bad body body language at times. I do think it's been expressed for teammates more than I've seen at any other point in his career. I'd say that's fair. I think in previous seasons, Luca was never demonstrative to his teammates, even though he's a very um expressive basketball player, might be the most expressive uh star in the league he he almost can't help it It almost feels like it's spilling out of his body at times he, he just doesn't know how to control it but it's never been directed at his teammates in previous seasons and outside year, of one deandre jordan rebound oh, oh yeah man. i remember that yeah <laughs> but that <laughs> shout out to deandre gate that was great <laughs> but yeah i think this season he's definitely expressed his frustration at his teammates much more demonstrably than he has in previous seasons uh I think this is also the first time in Luca's entire basketball life that he's playing really good basketball and not winning and not winning at the rate that he's accustomed to. He's never played well and not won at a very high rate at almost at pretty much any level he's played at. Um, he's also had a lot of the same teammates for a long time. So he's probably a lot more comfortable, you know, yelling at his at people that you've known for a much longer time. Um, Just like fans are. 
just like fans. Yeah, I think it's yeah. when every, everyone's been together for a, for a long time. They're they have pretty much all, five of their seven rotation guys are guys that played with him his rookie year, and that we're in year five now. So that's that's very rare for a NBA franchise. That's pretty much almost unheard of. I think the only other team that has their level of continuity are the Warriors. Um, and so, and we've seen that they have their own internal disputes in Golden State. So it's it's something that I think. Again, winning cures, shot making cures. I think if they can just pull off a few wins, I don't think it's something that um, is going to fester too much longer with Luka. But it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I think he's he he wants to win. That dude does not know how to lose. He's not very good at losing. He doesn't like doing it. He doesn't handle it well. And they're going to find ways to win basketball games because it's it. If not, then it could get a lot worse. Yeah. I think that, and I probably should have started the episode with this. Obviously, all three of us are very dependent on social media, specifically Twitter and to an extent Reddit to kind of gauge where fans are at. I'm sure that there's people who don't engage with this who just have healthier brains and healthier outlooks on what the Mavericks are. But I do think that broadly, it's not fully reactionary to say that the Mavericks fandom at large is frustrated and upset with the direction this team has gone. And I guess the way I want to end this or the place I, I I want to take this is just where where do things go from here? And is there is there a way to find, you know, it, it, is it a, is it a five game winning streak away from things being better or is it a series of trade away from things being better or is it a Luca MVP candidacy? Um you know, like that discussion bubbling up or is is there some way to salvage the season um, that even goes beyond the basketball court? Tim, uh, I have some bad news for you. It's uh, it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Remember last week how we ranked players on their importance or we drafted them and I took Maxi third and I was like, that guy can't really be replaced. He's gone for six to eight weeks, so they're not going to be able to play defense for a little while and they're going to have to really shoot the ball well. That's really what's going to solve. If they if, if there is a path to this getting better, they're just going to have to shoot the ball well because that's really their only chance at winning games now with, with Maxi out. I think there's a chance they make a small trade, a kind of a reshuffling of the deck. I don't think there's going to be anything large that happens, but I think maybe just a rotation player here or there. Um, and so I think there'll be a small trade. I think some of their shooting will uptake. I think, kid, now that now that Max is out, I think if Jane Hardy can play a little bit more, I think just adds a little bit of life into the rotation, a little bit of life into the day-to-day games. And he's also a player who can get his own shot, create his own shot, and that's fun. I think also the guys on the team like him, and that's that could go a long way to boosting the total morale of the of the club and its fans. Um, but yeah, it's. It could get a lot worse before it gets better with with Max. Tomas, Tomas, do you personally, <laughs> but also do you get a sense that the fandom would be supportive or, you know, pleased isn't the right word, but if, if the Mavericks make a move that trades a role player with an eye towards the future without necessarily making the team better right now, would that be a good move? Would that be a well-received move? Not again, not punning on the season. This team is not going to tank. This yeah. team couldn't tank if they tried. Yeah. 
as long as Luka is healthy, they will win a lot of games. They will win too many games to even consider the idea of draft positioning. Also made a good point, one that I've also thought about. I'm glad you brought that up, that they need to get rid of this pick that's owed to New York. Tanking is not on the table in any way this season. But taking a half step back with an eye towards the future, if it sets them up better, I I made that argument, you know, in a piece that published Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I I just want to know like how would that be received to the to the best of your ability? Is is that something that's already being advocated for? I wouldn't say it's being advocated for, but I will say if it were to happen, I think I think for the most part, I think people would be like, okay, like I I see like the vision at that point. Okay, like I see where they're trying to go. You know, if it made us took us maybe like a half step back, it's like, okay, like we already took a half step back really this season. So what's, you know, might as well at that point. You're like, if that pick is involved somehow, that'd be probably in our benefit, you know, um, no matter what happens with the season. So, because again, you guys are right. This, this team is way too good to tank. Like, just if Luke is healthy and he's going to want to play if he's healthy, like, you know, he's never going to be a healthy scratch ever, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, I think if that were to happen, I think that'd probably be, I think it would, it, I think. I I could already see like the tweets where it's like oh like okay cool like we did this okay like well this might like you know bump us down this season but you know for next season hey like it's a good you know thing to look forward to for the next I season. think fans want to see a vision they yeah want something to see yes. a they want to see a plan for the future yes and that's why a team that is just starting to get good will feel better than they ever have even if the team is thirty six and fifty two. That's not the right numbers, but you get the point. You know, a 36 win season can feel better than the past five years if it's building towards something. Whereas a 46 win season, which is absolutely in play for the Mavericks this year, might feel awful because it's both a step back and it's not a step towards the team that this team is trying to be. If they make a move, if they make multiple moves, that they, you know, even if they change the rotation to at least make clear that this team is trying to build towards the title contender that they want in a season or two, that Luca's going to have a chance to finally win. I think that, from my understanding of the fan base and fandom in general, I think that's what's missing this season. Yep. Uh, and I think I that's agree. it, you know? Yeah, I think that's it. I, I think that's that's the idea, and I think that's what's gone wrong. So, you know, whether it's JaVale McGee or, you know, Frank Nilakina getting minutes over Jaden Hardy or Christian Woods' ambiguous minutes, I think that's if I think we've solved it. You know, at least we've spent 30 minutes getting to the root of the problem. So I hope things get better for the fans' sake, for the fandom's sake. For as long as Twitter remains, I... It could be another week on there, you know, (laughs) I exist on there and, you know, I follow a lot of people who tweet about the Mavericks and I just have a better time when people are happier, you know, Uh, yeah, it doesn't bring me down as much. So, you know, I just, I had to go back to like, you know, uh, the playoffs, you know, this last season's playoffs and it's like, okay, like things were just absolutely like hilariously great. Like, you know, like. Up until like obviously it ended, but like our season ended, but like I just remember like the Phoenix season, the Phoenix series was, you know, the best times I've ever had on the on the on the timeline. Like it was great, but you know, hopefully we can get back there some sometime, hopefully soon. So, give us a parting message for Mavs Twitter, Austin. 
Tell them, tell, yeah, get, you know, like, you know what? I'm going to do something very, it's okay to feel your feelings. It's not a good time right now. I'm not going (laughs) to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and piss on you and tell you that it's raining. It's, it's okay to feel your feelings. It's not, it's not a very fun time. Your, your second best player who was after on his rookie contract left after he went to the conference finals. That's not great. It's not great. It's pretty unprecedented and we're still dealing with the fallout. So it's okay to feel your feelings. It's a goodest place to end it as as any other that we have. Tomas, Austin, thank y'all. Everybody who listened, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Son of Slovenia, cool as hell. He scores the ball and he rebounds well. Don't fight the future. Here comes Luca. It's in heaven.